How do you solve a problem like Maria? How do you catch a cloud and pin it down? How do you find a word that means Maria? A flippity gibbet, a will of the wisp, a clown. Hello, all you fiendish ghasts and golems. Welcome to a special episode of Mandatory Sidequests. I'm your host, Karina, your glass cannon wizard with a prestige class in Rogue, and my quest companion, as always. I'm your other host, your, um, let's say, cross class rogue mage. Oh, okay. Who, is, who isn't particularly useful at either of those classes. Fair enough. Uh, and today we're bringing you a special episode because instead of doing our usual thing of complaining about Bioware as a whole, we're actually going to discuss the particular things about the storytelling, character, and composition of Dragon Age Inquisition, and what we personally, as an artist and an avid comic fan of many years, think could actually be done to improve on these things that disagree with. Do you have anything you want to start with? It's kind of sad that uh, complaining about Bioware is our standard thing well I've, I've said this many times already and i'm going to reiterate i love bioware games i have played many 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 hours of bioware games i think that there are very very few bioware games at this point that i haven't played and i have replayed many bioware games several times over so it's not that i don't like bioware it's just that they have a lot of really obvious shortcomings that we will obviously discuss, which, as someone who has, for example, Dragon Age in particular, I've, I'm particularly immersed in the, like, the universe. Not as good as Megan, which, if you want to enjoy like the absolute, absolutely fantastic, practically encyclopedic knowledge of like the Thetis universe, uh, feel free to check out our episodes of Babe Parade if you want to check out Megan. Uh, but we've definitely discussed like the characters in particular, kind of to that degree as well. But this is also going to cover things like, like stories or like gameplay or like settings and stuff like that. So we're kind of covering. The things that we don't like but the thing is we're going to further discuss that as in what we think could be done to fix that so it's not just pointing out problems we're also coming up with solutions yeah look if we didn't care we wouldn't complain this much it's true anyway you actually wrote a list so where do you want to start well oh oh i just want to say real quick i want to call this segment how do you fix a problem like Yes. Which is a musical reference, so I approve. Yes. A reference to a musical I hate, but, like, that was, I guess, one of the okay songs. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're not here to fix West Side Story. No. Okay, how to fix Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm gonna start with, mm, probably the most abstract thing to fix. You gotta fix the game length. Yes, this has also kind of... I think it was also probably due to this recent trend of video games in the past couple of years where, like, everything for some reason has to be open world and a hundred plus hours and, like, a crazy amount of side quests. And, like, like it, it is nice that we're getting more of the Dragon Age, like, universe, especially because Inquisition, don't get me wrong, Inquisition looks amazing. It has lush forests, it has deserts, it has AE City, Orle was a little bit disappointing. But I also do not enjoy having to, like, troll through the hinterlands for as long as I have. 
And for me, the player who always plays on easy, so it's a completely different perspective on this, but I always play a game on easy. I play for narrative, I play for story, I do not play for challenge. I do not necessarily always enjoy the fact that I have to play for like 10 hours before I'm actually high enough level to comfortably play like the next part of the story quest. Because if you're not a certain level, then like, you know, the game actually does let you know, like recommended like levels, you know, like five through seven or something like that. So if I'm not at least level five, like I know for an absolute fact that this actual like story, like main quest part of this game is going to be very difficult for me. But I, I, me personally, I do not enjoy the idea of having to basically level grind to be good enough to play like a main story quest. Look, I'll say this. Uh, you mentioned the Hinterlands. It's pretty bad that Bioware had to kind of put out a statement on their various social media accounts saying, look, just leave the Hinterlands. The game gets better once you leave the Hinterlands. That's how long and unnecessarily bloated they made the game. And on one hand, I can see what they were going for. They are going for big, they're going for expansive, they're showing off the engine, they're showing off how much shit they can put in there now compared to something like Origins. But it's it's so much. It's so much. Yeah. A, bi- a big part of this blame goes on fans. I said it like that so you could hear the air quotes I'm doing. Video game fans. Because there are video game fans who are like, oh, is it not 100 hours long? Then I'm not buying it. It's a waste of money. And that's... Honestly, look, that's I... Why, that's why we get things like Assassin's Creed. Like, where... I, I'm very personally of the opinion that fans essentially deserve nothing. Like, you are there to consume this media that Bioware and their team of writers and their team of artists are creating. You are buying the game because you want to consume what they have created. They are not making something for you. It is not Subway. <laughs> a big a big problem, too, is publishers and marketing and numbers. Because this happens oh, every time. publishing is always a problem. This happens every time any kind of open world game is coming up. The big story, and I'm surprised I haven't... Well, actually, I haven't been looking at, like, video game news sites or anything, so it probably has happened. You always get the story upcoming game has a world area that's x square kilometers large it's bigger than these four games put together and usually that leads to a very big large empty area with not a lot to do in it or you know it ends up being that you want to get from point a to point b on this map and you have to load in to, like, you know, the closest possible points on that map. I'm specifically talking about that dragon that you have to fight in the... The desert that's always nighttime. What's that area? Oh, the, the burning wastes? The hissing sands? Hissing, hissing wastes, I think it is. It could be wrong. It's... I played Dragon Age 2 much more, much more recently than I played Inquisition. But you have to basically ride your horse for like a good solid couple of minutes and get through a couple of mobs before you actually get to the area with the dragon that you want to fight. Uh, yeah. So first thing I wanted, I would ch- change to make Inquisition better: shrink down the size of the areas, and this will be my next point too. Cut out a lot of the side quests. 
Yeah, like, I'm okay with the versatility, like, how different a lot of the areas were, because it was nice that we had some deserts and some forests and, like, some really nice lush foliage, but if they were smaller, and if each of these areas was somehow relative to the main quest, I think that that would also compel you to go through them, and if you discover those side quests on the way, then that's fine. To be perfectly yeah, honest- like, Emerald Graves looks pretty- it's really like, gorgeous. There's no fucking reason to go there. I'm gonna be honest. As I've been playing MMOs for several years now, and I like I've been playing, for example, SWOTOR. I've started playing ESO. Inquisition felt very like like online game to me. Like a fucking MMO. <laughs> yes, because for example, anyone who's ever played SWOTOR, so Star Wars: The Old Republic, like this is the best way that I can kind of describe a lot of these side areas. When you go to Terrace in SWOTOR, you have your main quest for whatever your class is. And usually when you go to any one of the planets, you can pick up like a main planet quest, quotation fingers, which is literally always the same for whatever character that you're playing. But it's basically just like another story that's got like, you know, multiple points, multiple like, you know, NPCs to talk to, multiple areas to go to. And the idea is that you can do the planet quest and your main quest at the same time in area by area. But because like it's unnecessary in a console game. It's unnecessary in a game that you're playing by yourself. Yeah, it's not like they need you to keep paying that monthly subscription fee. <laughs> yeah, and like this is this, this is almost really contradictory because it's one of those things where it's like I love having content in Dragon Age. I love having I love having things like explored and shown to me rather than just chucked into a codex entry because I had a I had a problem with codex entries for a long time because my TV was bad and because I can't read things on the screen for very long without my eyes going really bad. Yeah, I'm 30 now and apparently reading codex entries hurts my eyes. So that's another thing that I would like to put forward as well. Either integrate more of your codex entries into things that, like, for example, you can talk to an NPC about. Like, someone just, like, you know, like, you click on someone who will explain these, like, things to you. Like, honestly, um, for example, this is my solution to this codex entry thing, which I thought about on a little bit. If it's a codex entry that's something to do with the Dalish, for example, and it's something that you randomly click on in an area, rather than being a thing that you randomly click on, the solution that you could have to a lot of these codex entries is that you could have a person who is, like, for example, in the Dalish camp or is, like, you know, with a hunting party who you can click on and, like, you can just bring up all of these different things that would normally be codex entries in the area. It doesn't have to be literally everything. For example, the Hard and High Town chapters are totally acceptable as codex entries because they're supposed to be a red media. That even makes sense within the game itself. But if it's stuff like, you know, explaining Mythal and, you know, Fen'Harel and how the gods work and how the Dalish work and, like, Dalish legends and stuff like that. Like, if it was stuff about Dalish legends, like, you could just be able to, like, go up to the Keeper. And even if you are Dalish, you can just randomly be like, oh, like, you know... Oh, I, I noticed that you guys have, like, you know, like, a thing of Mythal around. Like, you know, like, can you can you tell me the story that you have about it? And even though you'd already know about it, it's still a way for you as the player to absorb that media. And I... I feel like, I feel like the much easier solution would just be put a fucking play codex entry option on every codex entry. Open up the codex entry, press Y, it gets narrated to you. 
Yeah, well, I mean, what I'm presenting is basically exactly that, but you just go up to an actual NPC. Yeah, but then you have to go to a specific place to get Codex information. This would always be with you. Well, do you know what you could do then? Is that after you ask them about it once, you could go into your Codex whenever you wanted, and you could just play it from there. Like, that would just be, like, the recording of what they spoke about. I guess... I mean, the codex entries aren't a huge problem. This has gotten very off the point of the side quests. Well, I was also bringing up the codex entries while I was talking about them. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Witcher 3 lately, and that's made me realize how much most of the Dragon Age side quests suck. Oh, that's because the Witcher 3 has got, like, really good side quests, though. Yeah, which makes me realize how superfluous a lot of the ones in Inquisition are. Look, I tell you, right now, immediately, get rid of the shards. Yeah. It's collectible hunting. It, it's... Uh, I mean, you get something for it. You get a belt that has, like, a bunch of well, stats. No, you get those resistance. You get resistances. Yeah. Every which, 25 yeah. you collect or something. Look, it's better than what you got for collecting all the fucking feathers in Assassin's Creed 2. Mm. You know what you got for that, Karina? No, because I never bothered doing it. Oh, no, I didn't do it either. I read about it online. You get a cloak. A cloak which, while you're wearing it, makes all guards attack you on sight. That's not even a good thing. No, it's not. So get rid of the shards. They're just pointless busy work to fill fill the time. Also, the shards lead to... The shards are where you have to do all the platforming, which is garbage, and I... Ugh, they should not have tried to put platforming in this game. Yeah, Inquisition is not really built for platforming because your characters can't stay still enough. And you also Look, can't really aim them anywhere well enough. They don't turn very well, either. Yeah. The reason the reason open-world games have a jump button is so you don't get stuck on rocks. Yep. It's not to make you try and do weird hopping over ledges to try and get a shard. Yeah. Get rid of that. Yeah, and like I'm saying, get rid of any side get rid of any side quest where you don't talk to an NPC. Yeah, the notorious click on the thing. Oh what? The I codex entries where you go into a hut and you click on a journal entry and then you go to the other side of the map and you click on a rock or something and suddenly you get some XP. Get rid of all of that. That's all crap. It's you not can keep it's not crap, it's just tedious. I I would say that's what makes it crap, but um also oh you can keep the treasure hunting ones. There there's a bit of interaction in those at least. Treasure hunting? You, you know, where you find a map and it's like a drawing of some pillars and like an oh, arrow pointing yeah. behind them and then you those, those are fine. Like those also involve a little bit of like, you know, fun map exploration. Yeah. Again, it might be a bit easier if the maps weren't so Big. Friggin' big. Yeah. So yeah, I would like them to, next time, smaller areas, or at the very least, less areas. Yeah. Or at the very least, no areas that you go to that aren't important to the story. I mean, the Storm Coast, I guess, shows off some nice ocean effects, but apart from that, what's it for? Recruiting the Iron Bolt. You could recruit him on any map, though. No, you have to go to the Storm Coast to collect no, him. No, I'm saying you could have gotten him anywhere. They could have just put him at, you know, on Crestwood. Oh, I guess. Crestwood? You recruit... Would, like, triggers... You recruit... Tr Crestwood triggers quest stuff, though. 
Yeah, no, I'm saying you go to Crestwood, you get the Iron Ball, the Star, and then you go further into the map and you do the shit with meeting Hawk's friend. Whoever that is in your playthrough. Isn't it always Stannis? No, it can be Stroud or apparently it might be Alistair if he's still a Grey Warden. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I've only ever done the playthrough. Oh, where it does that mean when you go to the Fade, you have to choose between Hawk or Alistair who lives or dies? I think so, yes. Oh, that actually makes that decision meaningful. Yeah, because... Sorry, guys. I really don't give a fuck about Stroud. I really don't give a fuck about who the hell even is this Grey Warden. He shows up in Aw uh, not Awakening. Yeah, no, I know. No, he shows up in no, Dragon Age 2 if you didn't do Awakening and you didn't recruit Nathaniel. No, isn't he, in, isn't he from Legacy? He's also in Legacy, but I'm pretty sure that he also shows up in Dragon Age 2 if you never recruited yeah. Nathaniel in Awakening. He's still well. some generic-ass Grey Warden I don't give a shit about. He's just not your cup of tea. He's just a Grey Warden. Yes, there are lots of they Grey Wardens. They could have replaced him with literally anybody. He needs to be a Grey Warden, at least. And then they try to make me like, oh no, who am I going to choose between? Oh gee, I wonder if it's going to be this random character that's been in like three cutscenes in the entirety of the game, or the character who is literally my own, who I played like, you know, several hours and like invested time in. Yeah, like seriously, like, almost anyone I would have cared about more. I would have cared more about Scout Harding, and... You talked to her for maybe ten minutes in the whole game. Unless she had a bit of personality, at least. I guess. Move on to your next issue on your list. Okay, next issue. Well, this is getting... Hmm. The next issue is Corypheus. Alright. Okay, do you want to address specifically Corypheus and then move on to story structure? I suppose. Alright, first issue, get rid of Corypheus. Don't have Corypheus be the villain. Okay, then what would you present as the alternative to Corypheus, then? A different magister from the, you know, the Black City. Oh, so basically just don't make it DLC content. Yes, basically the same, because, I mean, there's a bunch of other magisters, right? There's supposed to be a few of them, and yeah. it's theorized yeah. that the architect is one as well. You make it another one of those guys, but you don't make it a guy who you apparently have met in DLC. I mean, you could you could definitely still use that, because you could still bring in Hawk, because Hawk had, question mark, killed Corypheus. No, that's what I don't like about it. I don't like that they bring in Hawk... And if you haven't played that DLC, suddenly Hawk's talking about all these big, important adventures she had that you weren't, you didn't see. We've made this point a lot, but what I want here is I want Bioware to stop dropping huge plot points in optional paid DLC. Yeah, like we'll we'll get to Trespasser. Don't worry, I, I have. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. to add that under my notes. I'll add Trespasser there. All right, Corypheus could have been any random magister, I will agree. If so like, you know, that that's a completely separate thing in and of itself. To make Corypheus better, though, if you if the option wasn't to just, you know, get rid of Corypheus, I present the solution that Corypheus should have been more of like a challenge. He sh he should have been harder to beat. He should have been 
like defeating you or like making you scared or making oh. you run oh. or actually Do you feeling mean in the like narrative? a threat. Do you mean in the narrative? Well, the narrative ties into that, but just Corypheus as no, a... Sorry, I was going to say, I thought you meant as a boss fight. Oh, that too. Because the first time, even without all the extra DLC, he was a cakewalk to beat. Like, I recently played Undertale as well, again, so this is a pretty good way of kind of summarizing them together. Undertale was extremely difficult for me, but, like, the challenge of all of those mini-boss fights was was acceptable it was frustrating don't get me wrong but it was acceptable so and also like even the meat circus and psychonauts like that last level is fucking hard but in that same way for as big and as scary and as imposing as they tried to i say tried because again like he he felt like a pushover for as big as the writing team and bioware and dragon age was trying to make corypheus be he didn't feel like a threat. He especially didn't really feel like a threat after you got Skyhold. Man, oh, okay, I thought you were still talking about him as a boss fight. No, like, that as well, but, like, I feel like the boss fight definitely should have been more complicated, certainly. Like, I would have involved, like, something different than just, like, mashing attack buttons. Like, it would have been nice if we had, like, you know, some environmental stuff, if there was, like, you know, like, a cutscene now and then, or, like, if, if there was just more to it than just like, basically a dragon fight. Like, honestly, I think that fighting a dragon, like, even took me longer than fighting Corypheus in some playthroughs. Yeah, even the dragon... F- well, it's Dragon Age. They're t- the fights don't have that much involved in them. It's basically spam attacks and wait for cooldowns. Yeah. It really is an MMO. God, yeah. Okay. Do you want to so, move on to the narrative? The MMO-ness of it, yes. Do you want to move into the uh, structural narrative problems of Corypheus? Yeah, well, I, I kind of already touched on it, but my main issue with Corypheus is, you know, A, that he is paid DLC in Dragon Age 2. I find that incredibly shifty and shitty of Bioware, whoever's decision that that was to use Corypheus to make, like, the main villain of, like, you know, your sequel game, something that was completely optional in your last one. And just his threat level was very yeah. disappointing. I'm just going to remind everyone of what the arc of Corypheus is. You... they Hang on, Redcliffe happens before the attack on Haven, right? What are you talking about, Redcliffe? The time travel shit. Yes, because you have Dorian yeah, yeah. at Haven for a little while. You're, yeah, you find out, oh, there's some sort of mysterious guy who's creating a big demon army that's going to take over the world. Who's that? Ooh, vague. Then he shows up and fucking destroys your starting Inquisition camp, which is quite threatening. Yeah, like, that was good. And And you have to, like, run through Haven and, like, save people and fight Templars, and, like, that was engaging. And then you find out that he's, you know, well, you know he's making a demon army, so you go and stop him making a demon army. Then you find out he's going to kill the Empress, so then you stop that. Then he, oh, there's a third thing, isn't there? Um, wait, let me think. Demon army. Uh, the Grey Wardens kill the. That's Empress. part of the Demon Army, isn't it? He's brainwashing the wardens through his tie to the to the. Yeah, planet. but he's also sacrificing them to get the demons, right? He's he's tying demons to warden mages. I think is what he's doing. Yeah, he's creating a demon slash Grey Warden army. You stop that, like it's nothing. Slash, you, you know, red Templar army. Yeah. 
He's going to kill the Empress and create confusion. You stop that line oh, of something. Oh, yes, he's going to destabilize Orlay. That's what he was doing. He's going to steal the Arbor Wild's power. You stop that like it's nothing. By the time you have your big final boss with him, he's got nothing left except his dragon. Which, again, if he's got nothing left but his dragon, again, that fight should have been much harder. He's... He should have been pulling out all the fucking stops. Yeah, by the end, there's... You, your Inquisition outclasses him cartoonishly. Like, he's nothing to you by the end. And, again, as someone who constantly plays on easy, and I love being overleveled for things, and I love being overprepared, and I love walking into a fight with, like, a thousand health potions because I know that I won't die, I'm the one who said that that fight should be harder. And I don't play for challenge. I just feel like, narratively, because, again, I'm there for the story, that fight should have been harder, purely because Corypheus should have felt like more of a threat. And especially if he's at the end of his rope, he's got nothing left, he defeated all his plans, all he has left is his dragon. Like, that should have basically been fighting, like, you know, the animal that's been backed up against the wall. Yeah. Okay, the way to, fi to fix this, you... He has to have... He needs to still be a threat at the end of the game. Yes. And I'm going to say the obvious thing he needs to do, because it's so very clearly baked into this narrative, is he has to do a big attack on Skyhold. Because his entrance was him crushing your forces at Haven, and you're not even having a chance to fight back. You need to have the obvious mirror of him pulling the same shit on your new thing at Skyhold, but you're able to hold him back with your new forces. That shows how far the Inquisition has come. And they spend in the game, there's all these codex entries and all these mysterious journals and shit you can tell talking up. Like, what a big thing? Sorry, I think I just burped into the microphone. What a big thing Skyhold is? And then nothing comes to it? Like, yeah, like you, you can, like, you know, you collect resources to, like, you know, upgrade Skyhold. You bring, like, you know, all these merchants and refugees and, like, there are pilgrims, apparently, which travel to Skyhold as well. And I definitely think that, like, a sky, like a fight at Skyhold, like, a fighting off the hordes would have definitely been, like, a really good balance of, again, Corypheus as a threat, narratively, so that he actually felt like it, more of, like, a big, bad monster to you. That would, re it would require some redesigning of Skyhold, because Skyhold is quite small, especially if you're trying to do a big battle in it. You would need to, I think... I think you would need to put an outer ring to Skyhold. Yeah, well, I mean, so when, like you're, that... when you're at when you're at Skyhold, running around talking to your companions, that should be the inner ring, and then there should be like an outer fortification of where all the soldiers and armies and stuff live that you never go to. Yeah, but that makes perfect. Stepped in this final battle. Yeah, that makes perfect sense that Skyhold could have like a couple of layers like that, though, because isn't that also how actual castles are made? Yeah. Like, there's, like, the inner ring that's, like, you know, where, like, the noble or, like, whatever lives. There's the outer ring where, like, people actually, like, live and camp and where merchant stalls are and everything. And then there's, like, the outer wall. Christ, even a wooden mountain bailey has, you know, the castle and then the outer area. You even technically had that at Haven, because remember, there was, like, the main town, and then there was, like, that big wooden um, fence, and then there was the area with all of the trebuchets. Yeah, they kind of do do it at Haven. So you could you could do it, and you could still have it be that, like, when you're at Skyhold, there's no reason for you to leave the little area that you're already in anyway. I think 
the way it would have to happen, I think, either he does rock up with his army and you have a big battle there, or you're off on a mission or something and you come back and he's already attacking and you have to fight your way through his army to your skyhold to get to him. That could be, that's really good, actually. That could definitely work because or that has you on the other side of the army fighting towards skyhold as well. Yeah, or the other, which, I, well, it, there would be a bit of a, a repeat of the Grey Warden Fortress, but I do think that's one of the better bits of the game. You also, that, yeah, you also. That's the only time I feel like you do have a, it feels like your Inquisition is as powerful as it is. Yeah, like, you could also, you were mentioning this earlier, um, you can split party it. So, like, you go off and you take your three companions with you on whatever mission it is that you're about to do before the Skyhold oh. attack triggers. Yeah, well, I, well, my original idea was going to be, this, you find out there's a huge army coming for Skyhold and you prepare, but then at last minute you find out, oh, actually, Corypheus is taking a small force to the swirly void thing to do his shit. So the Inquisitor and a small, you know, party have to go to stop Corypheus, and then the rest of your companions have to stay behind in Skyhold to hold off yeah, like the bulk I, of his army, I, who are a diversion. Yeah, I, I was even thinking, like, while we were talking about this, I think what could also have been a really good solution is you, you know, like, you know, you, you, you pick a random quest, and it's like a quest after you've finished, like, the three other ones, obviously, which is something seemingly insignificant, like, you know go to, like, you know, Orlay and, like, you know, talk to some general or some shit. And that never actually happens, because as soon as you load into Orlay or, like, you click on the door that you need to walk into that triggers the cutscene, you immediately have, like, one of your Inquisition scouts, like, run through the door, like, panting, bloody. Maybe he even dies on the floor. I don't know. Bioware, get on it. It's like, you know, uh, you know, in Inquisitors, Skyhold is under attack! And then, you know, you you immediately, like, you know, go right back out the door, and then you'd have, like, you know, your big cutscene where, you know, you see, like, the the approaching demon Templar army all coming up, and if if you'd done, like, you know, for example, the Samson stuff already with... Well, you, that's basically Colin's side quest is Samson. That could, you know, bring down, like, you know, the threats and, like, you know, how many people die because of it. If you'd already done all the three quests and you'd done them in the most ideal way, like, you know, with your persuasion and doing all the investigations, that could, you know, bring down the threat of his army as well. So it's it could also be one of those things, like, kind of Mass Effect 2 style, where the more that you invest in the main quests that you've done, kind of the less damage that Corypheus forces will do straight up. Like, not even as a time limit or, like, you know, like, like a save the people with health. As a narrative thing. thing. Yeah. There should still be damage, though. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, you should still have, like, some loss of forces, some deaths, like, what, like not your companions or anything. Like, maybe some of your companions will die if you really fucked up a quest or something. Um, but if you did something like that, you load it in, you get a beautiful cutscene, like, you know, Dragon Age Origins, like, you know, Attack on Denerim style, and you sh and then you load in to, like, you know, that big snowy bank, like, when, like, at the very, very beginning of the game, and then, you know, you run up, you, you slaughter a couple of enemies, and then, like, you go up to the top of a snowbank, and then you see, like, this massive splayed, like, battlefield of, like, you, like the Inquisition forces, or, like, you know, the, like, you know, or Orle Ch Chevaliers, and, like, you know, everyone that, like, you've managed to recruit so far, who was there, is helping you, and you run in, and you start Oh, you know what they could bring back, and... too? Hmm? They could bring back that mechanic from the Denerim battle in Origins. Evaluate, like... Talk talk about it. No, where you open up your radial menu and you summon, you know, mages or templars. I'm, I'm telling you to explain for the podcast. 
I assume the podcast has played Dragon Age Origins if they're listening to this. Well, explain it for the audience who maybe doesn't know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. In the big battle at the end of Dragon Age Origins, when you were fighting your way through the big city to get to the Archdemon, you had a radial menu you could bring up and you could summon various NPC units to help you, depending on who you'd sided with throughout the game. Dwarves so or golems, werewolves or dwar- or um, elven archers. Yeah. yeah, and you'd have like you could recruit, you know, you could summon thirty templars or twenty mages, and they had a set number. And once they all died, you couldn't summon them anymore. Yeah, and that then, would be cool if you could. Oh, I mean, in this game, it would just it would have to be just be chevaliers. I mean, you no, wouldn't really have a you, choice. You could make that work though, because you could like depending on who you picked and maybe how you did that. For example, if you got the best ending, well, my personal best ending, um, of, you know, Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts, which is the Orlay thing, where, like, you re- you reunite Celine and Briala and you, uh, you exile Gaspard, it could be, maybe, that if you have that kind of ending, for example, Gaspard is there leading some forces. You know, if if you have, like, you know, good repertoire with Gaspard to begin with, or something like that, or maybe he shows up, or... Like, you, you could work with it. Like, you know, if Celine and Briala are together, for example, you could have, like, you know, maybe ten or Orle Chevaliers along with, like, you know, a bunch of elven rogues. Or if you just get Celine to the throne, it could just be twenty Chevaliers. If you put Gaspard on the throne, it could be, like, you know, different colored Chevaliers that, for example, have, like, more ranks in Warrior, maybe necessarily, than, like, you know, some ranks in... Like, like Berserker instead of Sword and Shield, for example. Mm. You could make it work as simple as just, like, you know, NPC dynamics, even. Either way, I want... I also want them to do something that feels like a battle. Especially because, because Inquisition is so to, big! They try to pass it off like the Arbor Wilds is a big final battle. Mm. For a start, you never see an army. As Arbor Wilds feels you like you're it. going through the forest and you have a couple of scouts going ahead. Like, I mean, you, you hear it, and you do run into a couple of Inquisition forces, but... It does it does not feel like the big battle they're trying to pass it off as. And you could still make the whole thing with the Arbor Wilds work. Like, you could literally almost leave the Arbor Wilds the same, to be honest. Especially th- because well, it feels as small as it does. Because I think after... you should cut out that whole, oh, it's the clashing of two armies thing. Just make it a thing that you as the party are doing. No, that that's what I'm saying, is that even after you do this big, huge battle at Skyhold... You could leave the Arbor Wilds exactly as it is mechanically, and it could still be just like, you know, a small force of Inquisition soldiers who are at the Arbor Wilds, because you're aware of the Alluvians at this point. And, you know, Morrigan obviously had a hand in directing where to look, and, like, you know, she gave you the information about it. So after you have your big, huge fight at Skyhold, um, you're given the information about how, oh shit, Corypheus isn't here. And then Morgan shows up out of the blue, like, you know, turns from a hawk into a person and lands and just goes, you know, like, like Inquisitor, we must go to the Arbor Wilds. Corypheus is going after, like, the Illuvian, because uh, whatever she actually says, because she doesn't let on that she knows about the Well of Sorrows at this point. Oh, shit. He should get the power of the well. Ooh, that would be really good. But then you'd have to he try and work have, around that. He should have one win. He should ha- he should have a that, win. That's somewhere. my problem with Corypheus. Apart from his entrance at ha- at Haven, he has not. He doesn't have a single win. It's true. It's true. Like maybe he. How like what? What do you get narratively from the well other than that thing with Flemeth is the thing? You 
you don't even get with basically you get a big power no you get the power to fight his dragon i think is what you get you don't even get the power to fight his dragon though because you have to recruit the dragon if you don't give the power to morrigan anyway you get the knowledge of where the dragon is or the knowledge of how to tame it or something how to how to tame it i think it is yeah Base mechanically what it is narratively what it is is you get a way to counter his dragon i think that which i'm gonna be real at that point, I'd already beaten ten fucking high dragons. His dragon wasn't an issue for me. Yeah, so I, I present the solution then that uh, Corypheus gets his win, and he gets the Well of Sorrows. No matter what, he gets it. He should get it, and then he should turn into some sort of stupid video game boss at the end. No, but see, here's the thing. is that he <laughs> No, I'm just... kidding. He shouldn't do that. No, he gets the Well of Sorrows, and then he fucks off through the Alluvian. And then when you try to chase after him, you just end up back in Skyhold for, like, no explicit reason. Or he just breaks the alluvian behind him, and you have to fucking walk back there. Oh, it's true. You could do it either way. I mean, that would just look nice in a cutscene. Like, oh god, what happened? Where'd he go? Blah blah blah. And then you're back at Skyhold, and like you're confused and everything. Like that could just make a nice cutscene. It doesn't really matter in the long run. Yeah, he. he I, could definitely either way, get the power you sit of the through well. a cutscene, and it makes no, it makes you know, like no difference to you as a player. He should definitely get the power, though. So, like, he gets that power, which makes him very dangerous, and kind of almost gives you, like, more... It, 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 it tells, it compels you more to defeat him, because you know that he has even knowledge. Even if he... They do keep the thing where you've pretty much decimated all his armies. He's now powerful enough he doesn't need an army. He's, like, a threat on his own. Yeah, so, like, if... for Okay, so if Corypheus does get the well, that makes him bound to Mythal. Do you think, then, that maybe when you run into Flemeth in the Fade... Like, she might kind of tell you that, like, you know, oh, even though he drank from the Well of Sorrows and he should technically be bound to me, he's a magister and, like, he's a dark spawn and, like, I can't control him as well as I could control, like, a normal person. I and honestly that... keep forgetting about that whole Bound to Flemeth thing because, at least in that story, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it Well, whatever. Let me keep talking. And then Flemeth, like, you know, she still, she can still summon Kieran, she can still take the old god's soul because, like, fucking whatever. Clearly Bioware copped out on that whole plot. Like, that plot thread. Bioware, stop getting rid of important shit. Stop introducing important shit that's optional. Yeah. That, like, you know, you could or couldn't have, depending on your choices, and then later uh, you just write it away so that you can have a well, solution. Dragon Age Origins is the hot mess they've given us, and we gotta deal with, work with that. Yes, so, like, you could still have Kieran brought into the Fade, and then, you know, Morrigan still chases after him regardless, because he's her son. You show up in the phage, you confront Flemeth. Flemeth still fucks with Morrigan, like, you know, threatens the whatever it is, and then, like, you know, Kieran still gives up, like, you know, the old, old god soul or whatever, like, you know, blah blah blah, that whole cutscene. Flemeth then tells you, straight up, because you bring up the Well of Sorrows, and she still somehow disclaims to you that she carries the soul of Mithal. It, whatever, narrative, she explains it, maybe she just wants to fuck with you and she explains this because she knows you're fighting Corypheus. And then she, like I was saying before, explains that Corypheus, even though he drank from the Well of Sorrows, is somehow beyond her control because of what oh, he's, he is. Oh, he's just too powerful. Yeah, like, he, he's a fucking magister who, like, went to basically heaven and fucked with, you know, God's castle or some shit. Looked at it, from what I can understand? Oh yeah, basically, I think canonically what ha what just happens in the chant is that they just show up to the city, and it Like, gets... they set foot in the city, and it just immediately is the cursed city. Yeah, which, fun fact, if I'm remembering correctly, Cripheus complains about the fact that the city was already black, if I'm remembering correctly. 
Yeah, or at least empty. Yeah, like, there's definitely some fuckery. But either way, he's, like, part of the goddamn mythology of the world. So it makes sense that he'd be beyond Mithal's control. Maybe Mithal can, like, sense his intentions and, like, she gives you a clue about where to go or something. And she... Like, you could even, like, scrap the entire someone turns into a dragon thing. Like, you could make the dragon work with, like, you know, the end fight with Corypheus that I personally feel needs to be a lot harder. So I feel that, like, that is the solution to making Corypheus a little bit more compelling and a little bit more challenging and definitely... Because, again, Corypheus is supposed to be part of the goddamn mythology of Thetis. And if you want to stick with Corypheus, it makes sense to make him bigger and badder and like nastier and like for fuck's sake give him I do think that they should replace I do think they should replace Corypheus with his twin brother Shmerypheus yeah like Like, I do think it should be a different man same characterization same background but different person yeah like you know they can mention that there was a Corypheus but don't have him be the villain and then pretend like you should know who he is I mean the problem still is with this whole segment is that we're bringing up something that we disagree with and then presenting a solution and replace Corypheus isn't necessarily like enough of like an in-depth solution no that is the solution just he's the same character you just don't have that connection to Dragon Age 2 I suppose because, like, that's, apart from, you know, the narrative structure, my problem with him is he's an optional character that they're then suddenly, oh, this is the big bad guy and you should all know who it is. And importantly, Hawk knows who it is. Yeah. I mean, whether or not you stuck with Corypheus as your villain, I did enjoy getting to see my Hawk in Inquisition graphics. I did. I don't, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was nice to see Hawk, but I could just as easily do without hawk i still enjoyed it i appreciated that it was there so i have nothing against hawk showing up for whatever reason you could make it work even if it didn't directly relate to corypheus you could you could present something like you know with with the wardens or even maybe with the templars like you know if if you still had to write around like multiple different endings if Carver or Bethany are still alive, like, you know, that could be Hawk's shoe-in, so, like, th- there's plenty of ways that you can make it work. If the listeners are hearing that bell ringing, it's an ice cream truck. Yeah. Mm, I feel like if I was writing it, I would cut Hawk. Hawk, to me, I feel very similar to the way I do about Varric, as in... They're both brought back because they're popular, not necessarily because it makes narrative sense. I will agree that Varric being there does not make as much narrative sense as some of the other companions, but Varric is literally my favorite Dragon Age 2 companion, so I'm 100% okay with him being there regardless. Alright, that's, well, that's clearly not an argument we're gonna agree on, so... Yeah, like, that that's not really something that's like, oh, what's the solution? It's just, like, you're unhappy with it, but yeah. I'm happy it's with also, it. It's just a companion it's, thing. It's not a problem I think needs to be fixed. No, it's it's fine on its own. I mean, if they did replace Corypheus with a different Magister, I'd be fine with Hawk not being there. Like, I also really enjoy the fact that Varric is there... And, like, we get to learn all the stuff about Bianca, though. Like, I also really... Yeah, 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 Varric can stay, Varric can stay, that's fine. I'm just saying Hawk doesn't need to be in the game. 
Look, if if they made Dragon, if if they the hypothetically made Dragon Age Inquisition better as a whole with everything that we've already presented, I could live without Hawk being in it. I'm just saying that like I'm clearly not as against Hawk being in the game as you are. Yeah, I just feel like Hawk's more there for fan service than to actually benefit the game. Oh yeah, probably. But Hawk is your character, so it's nice that they show up. Alright, well, what's next on your list? Because we kind of covered, like, kind of, I think, like, the one big thing that, like, obviously we present solutions for. Well, well, I guess, yeah, we presented a couple of options for how to fix Corypheus, plot structure-wise. That's the whole idea of this. He either needs to have a different army that he still gets to have, and you have a big battle with him at Skyhold, or he gets the power of the well and he's just super powerful at the end. I think he should get both. I really Hell, think that you that can, would do a lot more can, for him. You can rock up with your fucking army to the final battle on top of that mountain, and he can use his well powers to, like, summon shitloads of demons that your army has to, like, hold off while you take him on personally or something. I mean, he technically rips the entirety of Haven out of the ground anyway, so it could even be that you rush forward to fight Corypheus. Corypheus lifts Haven out of the ground, and your army and the demon army are fighting, like, on the actual Earth. You should... Yeah, yeah, you should be able to do the thing, and it would be pretty easy with that gameplay where you can look over the edge and see the battle. It doesn't even need I to say, be that graphics I say, It's just a bunch of yeah. tiny little torches and some fighting noises. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. You can do it really easily because it's just lights. It's like in... um, It's like in Origins it, when you see the marching when you go to the spawn deep, horde. Yeah. yeah, when you go to the deep roads, you just look down, you see some vague torches. You have that battle going on. Exactly. Yeah, that would be really good. At least then... There feels like there is a battle going on. Yeah. Shit, you know, oh no, it's the wrong geographic location. I was going to say, you know what would have been fucking dope? If he'd ripped Skyhold out of the ground. I mean, the whole idea is that the that the, the rift is at Haven, though. Yeah, yeah, it's in the wrong geographical place. Yeah, I think that I've brought this up before, but like, when I first saw the trailers to Inquisition... Oh, no, you know what should happen? You should fucking... He should get those well powers and, like, fucking fly off, and you rock up with your army to, like, we need to take back Haven and kill this guy once and for all, and he uses his crazy well powers to construct some sort of flying armored fortress that you have to fight your way through with your army. I mean, if he has the power of the well, why not? Like, he builds himself a stronghold that you have to, like, fight your way to or through. Oh my god, that would be entirely new assets. That would be really cool and, like, visually compelling <laughs> as well. So you were just like, oh my god, that'd be new assets. They'd have to do more work. Fuck it, they can do more work. Yeah, fuck it. How about instead of programming all those fucking oceans in um the Storm Coast, they make a cool stronghold for him at the end there. Make an incredibly awesome, visually compelling, really artistic end scene. The end to your game! Come on, if anything needs, like, the most attention and, like, graphics work, surely the grand finale and the final yeah. boss fight that you do is worth it. Historically, a lot of companies cop out on the endings to games. Well, I mean, you know, because uh, 2 is a perfect example of that, but that well, was also time because. Money. Because 100% of players will see the start of your game, and maybe 30% of all players will ever see the end of your game. Well, if you make it good, then more people will play to the end. Yeah. Problem solved. No, that, yeah, I'm going to say that's what should happen. You should, yeah, instead of the big battle at... I still think it would be cool to have a battle at Skyhold, just so there's a point to Skyhold. No, fuck it, yeah, keep the Skyhold But no, I think it would be... In. Well, maybe not, that's too many battles. 
I, don't I think care. what you do is it's a war. It's a war, and you're the Inquisition. You have the forces. You're in charge of this army. Yeah, but that would also be the third big attacking battle you've done, including the Grey Warden thing. Yeah, but think about like how like how long or how like in depth a lot of those battles could be. This battle could presumably just be you and your three companions. I would love it if it was more of like you know like a a Dragon Age two ending where everyone was there doing things. All of your companions. That would be fantastic. But that feels more like the Skyhold battle. Maybe a small Skyhold battle? I mean, you know, the Skyhold battle could just be, you know, you fight through a couple of waves and then Morrigan shows up. So the Skyhold battle could just be... Like, maybe you, you can only even stay for so long because you have to go fight Corypheus. No, I think the Corypheus thing... I really like the Stronghold idea. It should be you rock up with your arm. It should be a reverse haven. It should be you rock up with your big army and you're attacking his position at Haven. That's what that that's probably what you do anyway too, isn't it? What? But is yeah, isn't that essentially what you do anyway at the end of the game? Like you show up to No, your fucking army sits behind at the Arbor Wilds cuz I don't know, they got to have a fucking nap or something. And you just wander in there by yourself and fight him by himself on the mountain. I'm saying you rock up with your mount your army and you do the Haven battle, but the sides are switched. So you're the attacking sieging you know, things, and he's the defender with his army, and you're fighting your way through his encampment. Yeah, that would be nice. Like, he's taking over Haven and, you know, eviled it up and whatever. And then you fight fucking, your way fucking to Fucking giant actual... red lyrium walls yeah. everywhere. I mean, you have to fight your way to the crater of the Temple of Sacred Ashes anyway, so... Oh, that is so nice and, like, symbolic, actually, if you think about it. The fact that he's essentially corrupted, like, you know, the ruins of the Temple of Sacred Ashes. Yeah. Because, yeah, th actually, yeah, that is, that, that's what happens, isn't it? He, take, he floats up the ruins of the, of the Temple of Sacred Ashes, doesn't he? Because that's what happens at the very end, because you're still fighting at the Breach, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's got a lot of really nice, like, you know, in-character religious symbolism. They, yep, that is definitely what I feel like they should have done better. <laughs> also, that final battle feels lonely, honestly. Yeah. I t it doesn't help that, you know, game mechanics-wise, it's like, oh, our army needs time to march back from Arbor Wild. You need to do a forced, you know, gallop on your horse. Nah, I'm just going to go fight, like, six high dragons first. Well, I do agree that, like, it should load you from one into the other straight away. They're, they should... Like, it gives you that warning right before you go do the thing that, like, you know, prompts you to do the Skyhold fight. Like, you know, that, that, that usual little, like, you know, you cannot progress any farther in the game if you choose this. Because that is a thing. They do do that. Like, this will prompt endgame shit. Yeah, now there should be a gap between... Well, if you want to do a Skyhold fight, there should be a gap between the Skyhold fight and the final fight. Otherwise, it's too... It's two very similar missions back-to-back, -back, and so you need time to get your army together and march. I suppose, but I feel like if it should... If there's gonna be an attack on Skyhold, it should maybe be after you've done two of the story missions, but before the third one. Oh, I assume that Skyhold would be after all of the main missions. Yeah, but then you're going from that straight to another big battle at the end. Depends it's, on what order you do them in. It's too much similar combat and similar things happening together. Again, it depends on what order you do them in. What if you do Wicked, Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts last? 
I don't know what that is. That's the Orlay one. That's the Court Intrigue one. Yeah, but no, you ju- you just said the Skyhold battle would be after you've done everything else. Yes, the the main three, and then the Skyhold battle would be like something that you would yeah. do, that and the game would prompt you. Yeah, and then you would do that, and then you would do the last thing, which if we're making a big battle, that's two big battles back to back. Okay, I guess, but in that case, there should definitely be a kind of Mass, Atte- Mass Effect 2 thing where if you don't go fight Corypheus straight away, you get punished in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, probably. Like, maybe you've given Corypheus too much time to fortify and, like, more of your forces die or something. Have all your advisors captured. I mean, that's what they did in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, that could do it. And then, oh god, like, if you take too long, like, maybe Josephine dies or something. Shit, there can be a little sequence where you play as Cullen. Actually, yeah, you could. You could play as Cullen for a portion of that. Oh, well, what you do, instead of having a big Skyhold battle, what you do is while you're off doing your third... Whatever. ...mission, Whatever story mission. Is, yeah. Like, there's a very hard, fast attack on Skyhold. No, why would he take your advisors? Ult- alter- Trippy- yeah, alternate thing. He wouldn't care. He'd just kill them. Yeah, you... Gryphius doesn't have a reason to capture people. Collectors captured people. That was their deal. You play as Colin in the Skyhold battle. You play as him. You play as him choosing, again, Mass Effect 2. You pick your companions that need to defend certain things. And if you pick everyone correctly, then Skyhold comes out the best that it can. Not perfectly, because I think that there should be damage and there should be losses no matter what. But like, you know, if for example, if up to that point, if it's possible, I don't exactly remember how the companion quests technically work in terms of story and everything, but like, you know, if you've done all of your companion side quests, they have like the highest possibility of surviving. Wait, no, hang on. Okay, he attacks Skyhold. Your forces are able to your forces are able to rout him and chase him away. He does do damage. He does damage no matter what. His losing the battle at Skyhold, he still has a lot of his forces, but him losing that battle is what pushes him to, okay, I need to go get this dangerous willpower. And that he then uses to, like, fucking supercharge his army, and they become way more powerful than your guys again. At this point, are we saying that Corypheus does or doesn't already have the power of the well? No, I'm saying you do all the non-well shit. Okay. And then while you, then while you're away doing you know whatever quest, uh, although it would have to be a different quest because all your advisors are in Orlay if you're doing that quest. You do a bunch of the main story missions. You do all the main story missions except the Arbor Wilds. And then while you're away on, they'd have to make up an extra little quest for you while you're away on that. It could Skyhold Skyhold gets attacked. Yeah, it could be that no matter. Hang on, no, I'm still I'm still explaining. Your forces fight off the attack, like they defeat him. They don't like you know kill him or anything, but they defeat his forces and his forces retreat. And then he's like, "I need more power. I have to go get this dangerous power source, which was kind of a last resort." Then he goes to the Arbor Wilds. Then he steals the power of the well, goes back to Haven, has you know all this power in this supercharged army, and then you have to take your entire army to Haven and fight him there on the final battle. That could work. What I was saying was that um, no matter what third quest that you've done, it could just automatically, like af- after you finish, for example, like whatever one that you, you finish and then you load into whatever area that it plots you in, um, you could just have a scout run up to you and be like, 
you know, all in Inquisitor, like, emergency or whatever. And it, it could still be, like, what I was saying before. Like, you have to go see someone. Maybe it's even a trick. Maybe this random Inquisition agent who comes and talks to you is actually, like, a pride demon in disguise or something. And then when you kill that pride demon, and you're like, what the fuck? Um, maybe it's one of those things where you'd have to get prompted in some way. Or, like, as soon as you try and load into Skyhold, the battle starts. <laughs> Either way, you have been distracted, and Corypheus obviously planned on attacking Skyhold while you weren't there. Or you could just be there. Like, it would be neat to do the Dragon Age 2 thing where you play as, like, Cullen and your other party members, but I mean, you could just be there for the Skyhold battle. I guess. I just think that it would be cool to make the companions a little bit more independent of you. Yeah. But they would have to make up another quest to you to do, just because one of those third quests is everybody is with you in our way. Yeah, but like I said, like it could just be as simple as like a tiny cutscene, like like a five minute cutscene. Yeah. Look, either way, that took twenty minutes to figure out a better ending. <laughs> Bioware, get your writing team sorted out. <laughs> Keep your writing team consistent, please. I hope everybody's enjoying this Dragon Age fanfic we're collaboratively writing <laughs> right now. Yes. Okay. Do we want to move on to the next one? Sure. I feel like we have more or less fixed the structural problem. Yeah. Okay. Solus. Oh, oh, oh yes. There's, there's two problems with Solus. No, we, okay, yeah. One of them is that he's boring and he sucks. That is your opinion. Look, Megan, I don't know if you're listening, but Solus is boring and he sucks. And Karina, don't pretend like that isn't your opinion. I know that's your opinion, too. Look! I don't think that Solus is compelling, don't get me wrong, but some people, some people in the world, will like his character. Yeah, I'm sure they do, but I think he sucks, and I'm not going to apologize for having that opinion. That's fine, that's your opinion. I'm just saying that don't let other people not have an opinion that they like him. They can have whatever opinion they want, but I'm telling them he sucks and he's boring. Okay, well, moving on. Two problems. One, he sucks and he's boring. Two... He only becomes interesting at the end once you know the twist. And only once you've you played the paid DLC. Well, we'll get to this paid DLC separately. Alright. Well, okay. I guess that's a smaller problem. The problem is how do you make Solus interesting independent of knowing what the twist is? So we did discuss my... this the other day. And do you remember Because what my problem we... with... Yes, I'm, I'm saying. My problem with Solus is that talking to him is just lectures. He's an information and I don't mean, dump. And I don't mean like, oh, he's nagging you. I mean he's literally giving you lectures about how the Fade works, or how elves work. He doesn't give you lectures about how elves work. He considers himself very separate from the elves, remember? Oh, he considers gives you lectures about how elves suck or something, or how they're wrong about whatever. Going to him is a fucking academic tutorial for Fade 101. I suppose. He is supposed to be wise. Like, that was, like, intentionally part of his character. Yeah, it doesn't mean he can't have other aspects to him, too. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. I feel... Well, we talked about this a little the other day. I think the way you improve Solus... Because later on you're going to find out he has all these agents of Hemsherol. Hemsherol, whatever. Whatever. I think you bring them into the main game. You don't set them up as agents of Fenharal. You set them up as, you know, Solus has been all over the goddamn... You know, he's a traveler. He's a vagrant. He's a wanderer. He's met a lot of friends. You know, some of his friends, he keeps in contact with him. Friends from the areas come pop by to give him information, which he passes on to the Inquisition. 
So he's helping you out using his agents of Hendral. You don't know what they are. You think they're just friends of his. But importantly, it means you get to see him talking to other people. Yeah. Like, outside of taking him on quests. Because if you don't bring him on quests, he never talks to anyone. And, like, as much as I'm sure that that should... Like, whether or not it is, this is something I can't confirm. Whether or not that you want to say that him always being alone is part of his character, because, you know, like, all he always explored alone in the Fade, all of his friends or spirits, like, regardless. He just knows... These elves. They're always going to be elves, let's be real. They're always going to be elves that he's talking to. And you don't even have to directly address it. He can still be an oblique motherfucker, because let's be real, practically like 90% of what he says is just being an oblique motherfucker. You could still have it be that, like, you could even ask him, like, about it. It's just like, oh, who's your friend? And he's just like, oh, no, we're not really friends. We just know each other, and, like, you know, he had some stuff to give me, and I've, like, sent that on to Leliana. And even Liliana, like, maybe you could dictate this by, like, you know, if you harden her or soften her or whatever. Liliana could get suspicious and maybe even, like, look into these friends as well. And then, like, she gets really aggressive about the fact that she can't find out who these people, like, really are or whatever. Like, I just want like, to... only if you wanted to kind of make it a little bit more kind of compelling and, like, you know, like, put a little bit more in there. I just want to see him talk to people because it's the easiest way to show what a character is like and what makes them interesting is to have them bounce off other characters. Companion because banter. Because you see... Yeah, but if you don't companion take him banter, on missions... Yeah, like, companion yeah, banter I'm, in the stronghold. Here's the thing. I don't take him on missions because I didn't find him interesting, so I never got any companion banter with him. But, like, my first playthrough, I didn't take uh, Cassandra very often, but you still get cutscenes where she talks to, you know, Varric or Josephine, you still kind of see what her personality is bouncing off the other party members. Yeah, like, you can You have, see, you you can see Dorian talk to Mother Giselle. You see Iron Bull talk to Krem. Uh, Solus never talks to anybody except you in things, and mostly he's just trying to educate you about the Fade. Yeah, like, Cassandra and Varric interact quite a lot in, like, companion cutscenes, actually. I'm saying I agree, and I'm saying, like, you know, be yeah. because you get things that are, like, so interconnected, kind of, almost, between a lot of the other companions, it would be nice if, even if Solus wasn't, you know, connecting with the other companions, because he's your villain, and he's probably keeping everyone at a bit of a distance, it would make him a little bit more compelling if, like, you know, you knew that if you walked into his little area every once in a while, there might be someone there to talk to, and he might have, like, some information or a quest that he can give. Also... There should be one or two scenes where you're not there, like after you leave the room, where he does or says something vaguely sinister. What, like, like a cutscene? Yeah, like set up that, you know, swerve he's going to make at the end to being a villain. Or it could even be that kind of, like, vaguely sad nonsense that, like, you know, he had going at the very... I say nonsense, like, that is what he's doing. He's not happy about the fact that he's destroying the world, but he's still going to do it because he's oh, Hang on, hang on, I'm getting a phone call. Yeah. Okay, what was I saying before I just got a phone call? I have no idea. Oh, vaguely, oh, vaguely I, I, sinister. I, I, hmm? Vaguely sinister. Yeah, I do think there should be a couple of, you know, just little cutscenes where your character isn't there, but you, the player, see it just to set up a bit more. Like, maybe even, me... like, a like a final thing that he says to, like, you know, whatever friend that he has in there before they go. I mean, it doesn't have to be fucking Clone Wars Palpatine. 
No. <laughs> Where the uh, mid conversation to Jedi, he just fucking turns around and is getting the most goddamn evil looks on his faces you and saying the most evil things in the evilest voice. You don't even need to make him seem evil. You just need to make him seem like he's up to something. Yeah, you just need to make him seem untrustworthy. Considering he's a fucking god, he's not. A I god. don't know. That's the whole thing, though. That's is that the, the elven gods weren't gods. He's a god in quotes. I feel like. I felt I don't know. I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. Like he got to that end cutscene, we're like, "Wait, what? This guy?" Yeah, seeing as how that is such an important thing to the plot, I feel like giving Solus almost more forced screen time almost would would be really good for him. Yeah. Because what if you just go through the whole game and you just never take him on like any any mission? Yeah, cause, yeah. Like I I. Me else. As soon as I get Dorian or Vivienne, he's off the team because I just find them infinitely more interesting. I mean, maybe you can have like other than his companion quests. Maybe you can also have it that like maybe there are a couple of ones that you have to bring him along, not main ones, but like every now and then, like a quest that's got to do with like elves or something or other, where like you know the game not not even the game forces you to necessarily so much as like solace like maybe comes up to you when you're like choosing these missions do you think he would have been better if he hadn't been a con- a companion but had been like one of your advisors i feel like you probably could have maybe even worked with the middle ground because something that also just occurred to me because i was like oh maybe a couple of missions where like it forces you to come with him you what you could do instead was you know like in the the deep roads dlc how you have those two extra dwarves yeah. Those two extra dwarves as well as your party. You could have a couple of missions where Solus is just there, outside of Skyhold, chilling in this area, and when you go to like do this quest, he's just there and he's just like, Oh, like you know, like like this mission seemed like, you know, interesting or like, you know, like I wanted to know more about it, so like I came here to tag along kind of thing. And he either, like, you know, shuts someone up or mysteriously disappears or does something. Like, he he involves himself a little bit more, kind of, actively in the story. The game needs to make you spend more time with him if we're... If we're supposed to be invested in him as our villain, yeah. Yeah, or we're supposed to care about, you know, his swerve to being the villain and then be, be... care about him enough to want to take him down as the villain... Yeah, like, like you, you could make us care about him either way, because as much as we're talking about this, Solus is literally, like, the best, the best, like, intro and reasoning and, like, compelling story behind a villain that Bioware has kind of done so far in the Dragon Age universe. Yeah. So, like, he's good. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like they definitely could have involved him in... Like the the active like you know like cut like even gonna, part of the story to make. I feel like he's gonna be a great villain, but it shouldn't have taken a hundred hours of gameplay for him to get compelling. Yeah. So yeah, basically, like involve him more with other people and more in the story, like actively in the story. Like you can't just like you know play the whole game essentially, except for like you, you know, know the what? first mission. From a merit, uh, like a more meta narrative designing perspective, they probably should have done. Not made him, like, a solitary, grumpy asshole. Okay, imagine if he'd been more of a Varric. Like, if he'd been more of an open, friendly person that got on with everybody, and then it turned out, actually, I'm gonna destroy this whole world. 
But he also because, doesn't you know, do it for an aggressive reason, though. So you, yeah, that's no, that's what I'm saying. Like, he he likes people. He likes you know the other people, and he's friends with them, and they're friends with him. But he's like, well, I mean, I like you guys, but this is more important than you. Yeah, that, that's what I was kind of leading up to, is that I was agreeing with you, is that you could have him still be friendly. And maybe even that friendliness could be more of a feint. Like, it could be him keeping people at a distance, but, you know, like, depending on how genuine you are and how much you invest in him and blah blah blah. Because, you know, like, at, in Trespasser, so kind of moving a little bit ahead, but this has got to do with the character... He admits, like, at the very end of Trespasser, like, you've helped me see that there is still good in this world, for example. And you could even, like, keep that exact spiel and you could still kind of do this with him. Like, you've helped me see the good in this world, you've made me see that there are people to fight for, you've made me see that there are people to love, like, whether or not you romance him, whatever. But it's still, like, like you know, this world is still basically terrible. Like, he, he by you investing in him, I like the idea, like, I, whether or not Bioware kind of intended this, or maybe I'm, like, drawing parallels where there aren't any. I like the idea that no matter, like, you know, like, if you rivaled him or friended him or whatever it was, he either acknowledges that the world is good, but still admits that it's, like, a terrible place, especially for elves, because, you know, creating the veil, like, he fucked everything up, basically, and he wants to hit a hard restart. So he can either be remorseful about it, like, oh, this world is so good, but, like, I made it terrible by creating the veil, for example. Or, like, you know, if you piss him off hard enough, I'm sure it's just, you know, like, oh, this world is fucking terrible. Like, you know, I, I, I made a mistake and nothing's gone right since then, so I'm going to recreate the world. Like, it can go that way no matter what. I, I think that's... No, I think they should choose one or the other. But that's just got to like do giving... with... No, I feel like giving him two very different motivation feelings about what he's doing going forward that's too much of what bioware are already fucking doing all right fine then either way he's remorseful then like maybe even if he doesn't like you he still likes enough of the world that he still gives you he likes the other companions yeah fine do do it that way though yeah because i don't want to have another game where it's oh he's remorseful or not depending on your actions like god damn it bioware just pick a through line Fine, then. Either way, he's remorseful. Even if he hates you, maybe he likes the rest of the opposition. Maybe he he feels remorseful because he knows that he's gonna destroy the agents of Fen'Harel along with the rest of the world. Maybe he just, he went on adventures with you and he saw more of the world and met more of the people and saw how they're suffering and whatever. Well, I mean, that is what happens. He's supposed to have been asleep for fucking ages. Yeah. Right, he got out and saw the world more. Yeah. Oh, well. You brought it up, so do you want to get into the next thing that needs to be fixed? Alright, This well. is a bit trickier because of the business involved. Trespasser needs to be fixed. Mm. Before we launch into it, I just want to take one quick moment to say, can we appreciate Solus's fucking villain outfit? Can we appreciate the fact that he has faces on his knees? Like, can we appreciate that he goes from some, like... Dumpy hobo? Bomb? Like, dirty hobo in what seems to be, like, just a fucking dirty tunic he found at the side of the street and his weird jawbone foot necklace to, like, ornate armor with an entire wolf over his shoulder. Yeah. And I believe shoes. I don't know about the shoes. He definitely had them on, but I just don't know if they're covering the bottoms of his feet. Oh, look, let me Google it real quick. Uh, 
You may or may not get to it before me if you're also doing it because this laptop isn't really quick. Uh, uh looks like they just covered the top of his feet. God, I'm trying to look at these images. It's kind of hard to tell. I'm not going to lie. In some of them, it looks like he has toes, but they're not the color of his skin. Like, he's kind of got, you know those really uh, horrible, like, socks with the individual toes? Yeah, like, I think we're looking at it the looks like he's got. It looks like he's got armored boots with individual toes, like, sculpted into them. Oh, here we go. Here's an actual picture of just his feet. Maybe, actually. Maybe those are actually meant to be, like, little, like, you know, dreadwolf claw feet, almost. At the very least, he's got, like, ninja shoes with the end of, with the separate toe. I, he's also got, like, fucking faces on his, like, his knees. Yeah, I think, uh, I'm looking at the one I think you're looking at. They do look a bit like claws on his toes. Here, I'll, I'll link at the picture that I'm looking at. So maybe, like, I those think, little... I think he's wearing wolf shoes. That's what I was about to bring up. Maybe they're meant to be, like, little claw toes as, like, you know, like a Dreadwolf reference. Oh my god. He's those kids from Witcher 3. Lol. He's gonna trick an old lady into thinking a wolf is stealing all her vegetables. Sure. He also seems to have eyes on his legs. Which I never noticed before. Oh, the top of his thighs? Like, along the edge of his thigh, and then, like, down the front of his calf. Not his calf. Whatever the front is called. Chin? Yeah. These faces on his knees are weirding me out. Aren't they? They look very Orlesian, actually, ironically. Yeah, they don't look very elfy. Unless this is what the old-timey elves looked like. Uh, I'd believe that the old-timey elves would be into terrible shit. Oh, well. Do you want to get into our beef with Trespasser? Well, first and foremost, it's paid DLC. Yeah, we actually already brought up with our what our beef with uh Yeah, like Bioware for the love of God, stop doing this. Oh my god. It's so Important Important going forward. This is where you learn about the fucking agents of Hemsharal. This is where you find out the find decide and find out the fate of the Inquisition. This also is setting up for going to Dragon not, Age Four. This is whether or not like, you know, you directly deal with the Kunari threat. Yeah, the setup of the direct Quinari fight. The, the that plot. brings you to Tevinter, clearly, in, like, the next game. Yeah. Alright, so, that is the complaint. My solution. Trespasser is incredibly fucking important. I can understand not making it immediately available. I can understand giving most of your, like, you know, your consumers the time to, like, absorb Dragon Age Inquisition as a whole. But what I think they should have done was instead of fucking making Trespasser, like, an extra, you know, like, $20, $30 that you had to pay for, wait, like, a couple of months after the game is finished, and then you drop it as a free DLC. Yeah, I'm sure free. EA wouldn't like that, but it would make it better. Also, because it means that, like, you know, you're, the people that are actually trying to consume your media are actually able to consume it in entirety. Also, also, I think that it's fair if they are gonna, if it's gonna come out as a free, cut it way down in size. Yeah, I think that we also discussed this the other other day as well. Like, no, actually, I still don't agree that you should have had to have paid for Trespasser at all. If you're gonna make the entire concept of Trespasser, make it 
a little bit smaller because it's supposed to be kind of in bite size. And then if you're going to make anything that's DLC related, keep it to shit like Jaws of Hakon and The Descent. Yeah, I don't have a problem with paying for them. They're fine experiences and they're not fucking crucial to the plot. Also, they're kind of like little self-contained adventures. Oh, the alternative would be make Trespasser way bigger and make it a whole extra game. But basically. He, but here's the problem. Awake uh, like like um like awakening. But Awakening didn't directly directly have so much to do with yeah, yeah, Origins. You, you think it would have had a huge impact on the plot going forward, and yet it never has. Yeah, but Bioware seems to have a problem with actually remembering these major plot hooks that it creates in earlier games. Yeah, they sure do. So, I completely disagree that people should have had to pay for Trespasser at all. If you're going to make more content out of something like Trespasser, make something that's completely unrelated. Like, you could, Look, you could have taken the entire concept of the Kunari threat and you could have made that a completely separate DLC. Look, I know you gotta pay those actors to come back, but it's not like Dragon Age Inquisition didn't make enough money to cover that. Yeah, for fuck's sake. And if it didn't make enough money, then the way Bioware are making games is fundamentally broken. Like, you could have cut down Trespasser immensely. Like, you know, still give it a bit of beef. Like, you know, lead up a little bit with, like, you know, the agents of Fenharel and everything. Still, like, you, can... you know, fl fluff it up a little. Like, you know, still do, like, you know, the cute little cut scenes, like, with Cassandra and Varric and shit. Like, give, like put cut... in all the companion shit. Cut, like, a bunch of the going into mirrors and going through those mazes. And, Maybe like, cut that, that so you only do it twice. And... Yeah. Cut that so you only do it, like, twice instead of four times. Cut down the size of the underground bit. Maybe you don't even need the underground bit. I'm sure they can convey what the Quinari plot was another way. Yeah, like, you, you could probably even not even necessarily have that. Like, that's what I mean. You can make the Kunari threat outside of what is directly responsible in Trespass, or you could have made that an entire DLC. And I actually would have been happy with that. I would have been happy with more, like, involved Kunari shit. Yeah, and I feel... Well, I feel like stopping a Quinari threat to, like, the Ferelden or Lay, that, that seems like the sort of thing that will come up in the future, but is not, you don't need to know the specific details of it. It feels like a very DLC thing, though. It feels a bit like... If, because Jaws... There's, deal, there's DLC for Mass Effect 1 that has something to do with Batarians, and every other Batarian you meet after, you know, in Mass Effect 2 and 3 fucking hates Shepard because of whatever happened with the Batarians. I never played it, I don't know what it was, but it's vague enough where it doesn't matter. You can believe that in her career, Shepard did something that's pissed off the Batarians. Yeah. And there true. isn't, like, one specific Batarian that's coming back as the big bad, so... You stop a Quinari plot, and, the Quinari and maybe in future you. all you need to know is, oh, there was a Quinari plot and the Inquisition stopped it. Yeah, like, that's honestly vague enough, and, the, like, the Inquisition does enough big shit like that 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 would be totally believable. Hell, they could mention it in Trespasser, like, man, remember, it's been two years, they could have stopped that plot. Yeah, like, you have, like, a two-year gap. That's definitely the, I think, the least likely thing that's gonna get changed. What? Because they want that money! <sighs> yeah, but I'm... This this is my ideal solution to the problem of You know what I would have honestly liked is a bit of DLC? Mm. A DLC where you got to play as the other party. You know the guy in the tavern? 
Oh, uh, something that begins with an S. It's Sir something, isn't it? Like, not not the Chargers, although I, I honestly think that would actually be really cool. As much as I don't really care for Liliana's DLC, I think an Iron Bull DLC, where you play as, like, Iron Bull and Krem and hey, the, the Mage. The Chargers are actually there to be directed by the Inquisition as well. You could just have a DLC where the Chargers just do a mission. Yeah, they have so much history you could do anything with. But, um... No, I was thinking of the other guy, though. I you know, you send him out on, like, little table missions, and he slowly builds up a party one at a time, yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. their adventures. I'm, I'm trying to Google him. I'm not quite sure what to type in here. S? Wait, no, I think I've says... got it. I'm not sure what to Google. Sutherland! To... Yes! I looked up Dragon Age Inquisition Adventuring Party. <laughs> a crew of adventurers. Yeah, Sutherland. Sutherland. Yes. Donald Sutherland. That would be fun, actually. Like, you could actually do something really cute and, like, very... Honestly, you could do something that's very D&D party, which I think would be totally understandable and totally... Yeah, I think fun. you could do good DLC with them that is just, like, a fun, self-contained adventure. You get to, like, you know, write these characters. You don't have to worry about what the effect of the ongoing story is. It's just a fun little adventure. Yeah. Hey, that conveniently ties into what my other uh, thing I think they need to do to make Inquisition better is... Mm. Get rid of fucking table missions. At least not so many. Here's the, the table missions to me. They weirdly feel like this was supposed to be a mobile game. Okay, table missions to me again just feels like making it like more of an MMO. No, no, but like no, it feels like a mobile game. Like you, you've you've played the ones. Have you played, like, fucking, uh, that version of Sims that was on Facebook, or any of that Farmville kind of shit? Yeah. You know how it's like, you want to build the cow? You know, it's gonna take 15 hours. Yep. It feels like that. It feels like they were going to put something in where you could, like, buy some special, you know, premium currency to, you know, pay now to have this table operation completed instantly. Yeah, it like again, it feels either that like, or it like feels like you're fucking spending Nuka Cola quantum bottles in uh, Fallout Shelter. Yeah, it it's that and like again, like it feels very MMO to me. Like especially because some of the ones that like you know you start getting like around the end of the game go for like seventeen hours. Yeah, so yeah, why? And especially because they're so late in the game, you've got so little to do. I remember on my first playthrough, I was trying to hundred percent everything. It's like well. I guess I just gotta turn the game off for the rest of the day and come back tomorrow to do some quests and, like, finish these table operations, because it's gonna take 17 fucking hours. Yeah, on my first playthrough, like, I tried to do every table mission as well, and there was definitely, like, about maybe, like, a week solid where I would just turn on the game, select a couple of different missions, and then turn it back off. You know what they should have done with that? And I know, because they've done this shit with, um, Assassin's Creed before. Made it an app. I guess. Because you know, you know Assassin's Creed Black Flag, the pirate one? Yeah. Like, there's a thing where you can, like, send your ships out to have battles with other ships and get money or whatever. They made an app where you could do that. I never did it and couldn't be fucking bothered, but if they'd made, like, a, a Dragon Age table app that linked up to your account and you could set, you know, those missions, like, while you're on the bus or whatever. Yeah. Or alternatively, just not have fucking 17-hour table operations. Make them five minutes at most, and cut down the number of them. 
Yeah. Like, a couple of them are always there because they're gathering missions, which is, like, fair enough, whatever. There's there's definitely too many, though. <laughs> like, like uh, seldomly you get ones that actually relate to something with a character. Like, for example... Uh, you can find the mage and the templar that are part of Cole's backstory, and you can help them in table missions. But like that's kind of like the rare exception in the bulk of I these missions. I didn't like that because okay, here's it an important so thing. Impersonal. Okay, yeah, you know how I complain about Cole that I feel like he doesn't like he doesn't have as much talking to him things as the other characters do. That should have been a big opportunity to like. Let's learn more about this character and see him interact and shit. And instead, it's just like, nah, it's a table mission. Yeah, like, it really feels like they weren't willing important... to put effort it's into a... Cole's backstory, almost. It's such an important part of his backstory, and it's not even a side quest. It's a table operation. We've been going for, like, an hour and a half. Are, are we wrapping it up? Yeah, table mission was the last thing I had to complain about. For me, the, honestly, the main bulk of it was Corypheus and how much content there was and how grueling it felt. And please, for the love of God, make this game less like an MMO. There's too much content that isn't adding anything to the story, the world, or particularly fun to do. There's too much content that's just go here, click on this thing, like the, get rid of all that. The ocularums were fun, but they're also a puzzle. Instead of making giant open areas crammed with essentially nothing you know things to do make smaller better design this is kind of like fallout 4 like it actually has a much much smaller map than fallout 3 but they put a lot more stuff in it oh yeah like you can discover something to do like every hundred meters yeah make a smaller smaller better areas do all that stuff that we said with Corypheus, where you attack Skyhold, and then he's going to get the whale, and then he gets super powerful, then you have a big attack against him. Mm, put, more, put more hints in with Solus. Cut down Trespasser and make it free somehow. That one's a super wish, but... Yeah, like, that's... <sighs> I, I got, I'll say this for Bioware, and it's pretty fucking sad, I have to say it. At least there wasn't a DLC character in Inquisition. Well, don't hold your breath. They probably will try. No, no, they're done with Inquisition. There's no more content for Inquisition. Oh, okay. But they better not fucking try that shit again with... Mm, Deventer? Whatever. Yeah, whatever that one's going to be called. Dragon Age Deventer. Oh. Hang on, I need to look something up very, very quickly. How do you spell Deventer? T-E-V-I-N-T-E-R. Shit, no, they can't go to Deventer until the sixth game. Why? Because it'll be Dragon Age T Roman numeral six enter. No. No. Uh, I don't want to wait that long. Yeah. <laughs> I want a good game with good content and good characters now. Basically, I just okay. want another Dragon Age 2. Well, maybe there's Andromeda Shrug. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for Andromeda. I don't have a hundred bucks for Andromeda's, what I don't have. Alright, I mean, I covered my main complaints, which was Solus and Corypheus, and, like, the compelling game, like, the non-compelling gameplay, as it were. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's good in there and they can leave. Like, I think all the, well, apart from the Arbor Wilds, the war stuff, I think all the big main quests are all pretty solid. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. It's just all the extra stuff that's 
pretty naff. Oh, actually, no. Speaking of gameplay, something that I would definitely want fixed. Fix goddamn hold position. Oh, yeah. That fucking quest, that, that puzzle where you have to send people into different areas and stand on switches and pull different levers. Hold it's so fucking hard to do work. because NPCs won't stand on the goddamn, like, Switches they're meant to stand on. Like, I ended up at a point where every time I switched to a new character, I had to turn hold position on again. And it didn't always work. Yeah, that is a hard puzzle to do, and it's not hard because it's tricky to work out the puzzle. The fucking mechanics are fighting against you the whole time. Yeah. Like, so that that's another big thing that I would fix hold position. <laughs> like, it was so straightforward in Origins and 2, and then suddenly in Inquisition it was fucking impossible. Now assholes are just gonna fucking wander all over the goddamn place. Apparently. Oh, I tell you what was nice that they did fix an Inquisition. You no longer have to wait to gather your party. Yeah, that's nice. You can just fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if Iron Bull is stuck in a tree halfway across the map. You can just <laughs> fucking leave the area. Yeah. That was good. Look, look there, are, there are a lot of good things about Inquisition people. There's just a couple of things... Where, unfortunately, hey, if our main complaint very is large like, the villain, then, yeah, it's a little bit hard to work around. Oh, well. Try again with number four. Do better in Tevinter. Yeah. Which should look amazing, by the way. God, what an evil... What a cartoonishly evil country that will be. Tevinter is basically meant to be cartoonishly evil, but also extra as fuck. I mean, Karina, I know you've looked at the like the, the concept art in the those fucking books we have. Yes. It's nothing but, like, black pyramids and spikes. Yup. Obelisks everywhere. Yup. Ah, uh, well. We should wrap this up. Yup. You can find this episode and all our other episodes at knightsofpodcast.com. That's where we keep this show, Mandatory SideQuest, and the A to Z of Film podcast, which, uh, I'm sure we'll make another episode for that one day. Yeah. Alright. See you guys.